how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yes, um, I watched the game on television, not not actually at the game, uh, with uh, little Ranta running around causing trouble. Uh, watched a little bit of the Olympics. Have you been watching the Olympics? I watched five minutes of table tennis. Hmm. And that's what I've watched so far. Well, we're talking about the Olympics for our bonus content, so uh, if you're a, a Patreon backer, you'll get to hear me talk about the Olympics and Paul talk about not much. Be, Everyone else, it'll make no difference to you. I'll be talking about Olympics uh, Olympics past. Um, we've hit our target for the Patreon, which is unbelievable, and uh, patreon.com slash rankcast if you want to get some bonus content at the end of this show and some other bits and pieces. And that's all we're going to say about that on this episode. Let's talk football. Let's, let's do it. So, um... United, I mean, impressive is not the right word. It wasn't an impressive performance, but it was all right. It wasn't bad. Well, you know, can I can I posit that it was a little Van Gaal-esque? Mourinho's been really funny on this topic, I reckon, because he's like, he keeps basically saying, you see, really, the problem is Van Gaal has broken all of these people. Like, he's talked about it in his Friday press conference about, like, that they need to, he talked about the centre-back, the left back turning and passing the ball back to the centre back, and he said about Valencia's cross for Zlatan's winner. He said last season he might not have crossed that ball; he may have cut back and passed inside. So I know they've been a few sly digs, haven't they? They have. Yeah. Well, look um, to get back to the the kind of serious bit. Yeah, I mean, pretty prosaic as a as a team performance. They actually haven't had a lot of football this summer, though, so it's not that surprising. I mean, although Leicester have been soundly thrashed by Barca and PSG in their last two games. They nearly came back, though. Like, they went 3-0 down against Barca, then they got to 3-2. And I was thinking, if Leicester win this game, I think they might win the Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, look, it's, it's kind of understandable that United were not that sharp today. I mean, really needs about, what, 12, 15 games before each other. He was dreadful. Sorry, I, I, I just, I'm just saying as I saw it, he was dreadful. Yeah, uh, Zlatan, really not in the game at all. I mean, uh, chasing balls over the top is not his thing, and United didn't get close enough to him for most of the game. Um, so, you know, it was a kind of six and a half, seven out of ten performance. Good enough, won the game. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Rooney issue is a big problem. I mean, I suppose... You would imagine there are not going to be that many games this season where he's playing that central diamond, well, triangle of Carrick, Fellaini, Rooney. You'd you'd imagine that was more about fitness and squad management and like who's had what football in pre season than this is these are my guys. Well, sure. Look, if it was uh, Carrick, Herrera, Pogba, or two of those, uh, then then. No, he'll have some support. He's still going to start the season as the number 10, which means he's the central creative player, the one who's closest to Zlatan. They don't appear to have much of a a reading on each other yet. I mean, I know Zlatan talked quite a bit about it a while ago, didn't he, about great players can play with each other. Yeah, they can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is exactly the thing, isn't it? Yeah, great players can definitely play with each other. He's not anymore. No, no, no. I wish he was. I mean, I actually think it's, uh, you know, he, he is going to affect Zlatan's performances because he just doesn't release the ball quick enough. Gave the ball away loads today. Um, he's also going to impact on Pogba. I... I cannot see a way that Zlatan, Rooney and Pogba can all play in the same team and not compromise two of them. 
hey, guess what? We're compromising our best players, our most effective city uh, systems in order to squeeze Wayne Rooney into the side. We did talk about this last week. This isn't a problem Mourinho's going to fix quickly, right? This no, is- it's not. So there was um, a South Sudanese swimmer uh, who qualified uh, in the South Sudanese team. And it turned out that Samsung sponsored one of the South Sudanese swimmers who didn't qualify. Guess who went to the Olympics? I'm, look, I'm not saying Wayne Rooney's in the team because sponsors want him to be in the team, but... Yeah, I mean, my working thesis is that Mourinho is giving him enough rope to hang himself because, you know, Mourinho has talked a lot about how much he's watched United in the last period of last season. You would have thought he'd been paying very close attention. The way he talked about Rooney's potential midfield career made it very clear that he's been paying attention. So it, there's no way that you can draw any conclusion other than this ain't going to work. No. So what did work? I thought that the defence looked pretty solid. Yeah, by you was pretty good. I, I mean, a couple of errors, right? I mean, he was man of the match, you know. Was he? Yeah. You see, I'm, I'm not sure that if you... Uh, I mean, maybe you do ask uh, Jose. I'm not sure Jose would think he was man of the match because he, he doesn't like defenders who make obvious errors, and he made a couple. Uh, he just seemed a little bit rash, but and then he, he, he kind of looked like a 22-year-old defender playing in his first major game in England. Yeah, he looked like an extremely talented 22-year-old defender because he made a couple of brilliant tackles. But there was one point, you know, when he lost his boot and then he just flying need someone and you just think mm, you, you're going to get in real trouble like he was kind of lucky not to get sent off because he was booked and you could easily have thought right actually he's going to get sent off yeah uh, and maybe in a, a different kind of game you know because community shield is basically a friendly isn't it they're yeah, allowed six sure. six substitutions and, and all of that so um yeah in the premier league i think he would have seen red for that um but he did all right he did all right and valencia was good Bombing up and down. Really good. Yeah, he's had a good. He's had a really good preseason as well. Preseason of Valencia. You know who was good today? Daily Blim was good today. Ah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Actually, he's he's been all right in preseason. I can't imagine he's going to play an awful lot at centre back. I didn't think he would play that at all. Like not even in preseason. No, but you know, Smalling's not fit and Jones is not quite ready. Um, you're just speculating. Well, I mean, Phil Jones, isn't he? Jones is hanging out in a nightclub with Aaron Ramsey and Lionel Messi somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, they've just all got the same barber. He's only got one move for that barber. That's all that's happened. Um, Maybe, like, Messi's looked at Phil Jones and gone, yes, this is who I want to model my life on. Seems like a bold choice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think... Luke Shaw, it was lovely to see back again, like the whole back four. The other thing that I thought was interesting was every time De Gea had a goal kick, essentially United's front four matched up 1v1 with Leicester's front four, uh, back four. And I was like, oh, Louis van Gaal's like spinning in his grave watching this. He would have hated that. And Lingard's goal. We haven't even talked about Lingard. What? The, the Jesse Lingard National Stadium at Wembley, as it will for future be known. I know, the guy can't finish, except at Wembley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, great goal. Um, completely different from the one uh, in the cup final, obviously. But, uh, yeah, smashing goal from Lingard. Yeah, really enjoyed it as well, didn't he? Uh, Zlatan enjoyed his goal a little bit, didn't he? I just went nuts. I was in the press box, like, trying not to go nuts. But in my heart, I was really going nuts for that. And he just, like, goes charging into the corner. You want to go, 
you know, this is a friendly, right? You know, but anyway, it was it was brilliant to see. Yeah, I mean, he had a really quiet game, but that was a top header. You know, he, he every, absolutely perfect, great cross, and then he's gone across the goalkeeper to put it in the in the far corner. But he got up above Wes Morgan. I mean, Wes Morgan, the you know proverbial brick shit house of a defender, and uh, Zlatan's outmuscled him. Twice as well, because he flattened yeah. him in the first half as well. Yeah, he could score a few goals. I mean, like, it kind of depends on... More ex- than 20 league goals a season. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, it kind of depends on exactly who plays there. I mean, if, if McTarion plays there, Valencia's going to get a lot of space down the right-hand side because McTarion just cuts in all the time. Um, and Valencia will be the man getting out there. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll. I guess we're assuming that he will play out on the right um, if if not, if it's someone else, if it was, say, Rashford, he might hug the touchline a little bit. But, oh, you know, we'll see. Valencia cross for Zlatan header could well be a factor this season. Rashford? You mentioned Rashford. He came on as a sub, but I expected for Ibrahimovic, but he, it was Lingard that he came on for, and, no, Martial he came on for, yeah. and he moved out to the left touchline. It could well be where Rashford plays his season on the wing. I mean, in fact, he's done that in pre-season a few times as well. But always on the right. Yeah. And so that was the kind of wrinkle that I thought was interesting. And he looked really good again. But this is another thing that tells me that United should be playing 4-3-3 this season. I mean, everything is screaming out. Because we've got in Martial and Rashford and McTarian, three really flexible sort of wide forwards who can play in that role. In Zlatan, we've got someone who's classic number nine, can play with his back to goal, can play with the ball in front of him. I mean, I guess we're not going to assume he's going to play every game this season because, you know, he's ancient. Um, I suppose Rooney can sub in for him sometimes. Uh, ouch. Uh, but, but look, everything says 4-3-3. Everything says 4-3-3 because of the, that's right for the forwards. It's also right for the midfield. Carrick is going to do much better in a 4-3-3. United are going to get uh, Herrera onto the pitch much more in a 4-3-3. And Pogba... He's definitely going to be better in a 4-3-3. So if he's playing basically at six, that's a mistake Deschamps made this summer. Really bad one to make with a £100 million player. Uh, If uh, you let Pogba have some more freedom, you're taking a risk at the back. Jose doesn't like that. If you allow him to have the freedom, him and Rooney are going to get in each other's zone. And Zlatan will be there too. And Zlatan will be there too because, you know, you saw today he drops deep. And he he needs to because he's 35, doesn't have that burst of pace anymore. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a problem to solve. I mean, I'm going to assume that Jose will work it out. Every single one of these problems is solved by pulling Rooney out of the team, you know. And and that's not agenda, hashtag agenda. That's that's just, it just makes sense. There's there's no, I don't understand how you could look at this unless you're fiercely committed to the concept that Wayne Rooney is... The same player he always was. He could he could form his temporary class is permanent. It's like legs are not permanent. In fact, nothing is permanent. Um, but definitely not if you've been watching the Olympics. <laughs> Listen, we'll come on to that. <laughs> the, Should we talk about that gymnast leg at right angles? I don't want to talk about legs at right angles. You know this. You know this. We're we're face to face, Ed. You're not even like you haven't even got the distance of Skype between us. Please, no. <laughs> Let's not talk about right-angled legs. Um, he was double hard, though, you know. He was yeah. just like, ah, bit of a scratch. <laughs> I'm, I mean, maybe that's double hardness. Maybe that's just profound shock, <laughs> one or the other. Um, the, the 
I think we need to have a kind of agreement that we're just going to have a moratorium on saying United should be playing 4-3-3 because otherwise we, we there's no way we're not going to have this conversation every single week until it happens because every week, we, you know, this is just going to get in the way. Um, and Yeah, the thing that solves it is a really, really, uh, apart from the Rooney question, yeah. if he really wants to play 4-2-3-1, um, and and he has to get Rooney in the team as well. The thing that solves it is a really dynamic defensive midfielder, because it just gives Pogba that little bit more freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how Rooney gets out of the zone. Mm. Not really sure there, but um, that would help. I mean, if Carrick's going to be the guy who's first choice, then then he needs a bit of protection. Yeah, uh, if it's Schneiderlin, we know that it's not really his bag. If it's Flaney, it's definitely not his bag. Oh. You know, he wasn't bad at Wembley today. He was apart right. from apart, apart from, from giving away the goal. <laughs> yeah. 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 The thing is, I watched that. I was right in line with that, and um, because on the east, the press box is separated into there's like the west press box and the, there's a west press box and the east press box. And I was I was on the east, which was lined up with west side. I was east side. East side. <laughs> Moss side. <laughs> Um, See, that doesn't work on radio, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, But I had a great view of the Lingard goal, and I also had a great view of the Fellaini thing. And as Fellaini steps in to make the interception, I was like, yes, Marwan, well done. That is exactly like, there's like a a moment of real footballing. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. What's happened here? So it's such a nice interception. So smart. And then just Just absolutely... Apparently, this wasn't in the press conference, but on the post-match stuff, Mourinho was like, oh, yeah, it's slow pitch. But Mourinho doesn't actually think the problem was a slow pitch there. No, 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 he's just protecting the player. I mean, I'm sure he'll let him know exactly what the problem was with that. Um, one, one other hilarious moment was uh, a, a uh, Wayne Rooney take-on where he tried to trap the ball. It went past the defender and he went outside him and he was like, oh, what's happened here? <laughs> Did and, he stand up with the ball at the he end got of across, it? He got a crossing at the end of it. Nice. I mean, but it was like a 15-yard attempt at trapping the ball. <laughs> the Lingard thing was interesting, the Lingard goal, because, you know, I wonder whether we've been a bit unkind to him. Because, I, I mean, obviously your point about his level of output is inarguable because it's literally about his level of output. That's not... Uh, there's no nuance there. Oh, that's one of the words that people want on the band list, by the way. Narrative, nuance, the word right to use as a playholder, placeholder. I'm keeping a list in my head, whether I can apply it or not. Are we allowed to use modicum? That's another Rankar's favourite. Is it? Yeah, we used it a few times. All right, well, he's clearly got a modicum of ability, Jesse Lingard, more than a modicum of ability, because he's... That goal that he scored last time at Wembley and the goal he scored today, those really are the actions of an... An exceptional player. That's not ordinary. Not all footballers can just no, do no, that. No, but he's not putting it together. You know, so the narrative of of his career so far is some inconsistency in his forward play. Yeah, and I wonder whether because you would inherit like instinctively you'd worry about Mourinho picking Lingard over Mkhitaryan in that starting eleven. In fact, a lot of people were. I mean, in my head, every time I was seeing someone worried, I was like. Let's not worry yet. It's the community shield. If he does it against Bournemouth, then, you know... No, I think this was just about a number of minutes. Right, good. Well, that's good. I hope that's the case. And it looks like it should be because the balance of the team in the first half was so obviously broken. Yeah, McDarian added something like 25 goals and assists last season. Yeah. Lingard, not that many. No, <laughs> absolutely. Um, he brought Matter on. 
and, and then, then he off. took him off again. And uh, Luckhurst tweeted, like, oh, there's, he's having to be held back. And, like, his teammates are hugging him. It's like, there's this, this vine of Mourinho and him just grinning because he's like, yeah, yeah, I know what you took me off. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously, obviously tactical. Although the question had to go to Jose. Jose, so you're binning matter off then. Yeah, and, and he said... I had, he didn't even get asked that question in a press conference. He answered it before it was asked and said, I had to do a thing which is never nice to do, which is to take a player off who's come on as a substitute. But I had to have I had to do one substitution to, to run the clock down. And they were just hammering long balls into the box. I couldn't take off Zlatan. I couldn't take off Fellaini at that point. It was all perfectly logical. I'm sure Juan Mata is not actually crying tonight over this. He needs a hug. He does. I'll give him a hug. He's a nice lad. I think, maybe. He might not be. He might just have... It would be like hugging a three-year-old, though, wouldn't it? You'd have to kind of crouch down to do it. He's only little, isn't he? He's very little. What else do you take out from the game? Any lessons that we can take from this game into the season? Not really, right? No, because it's a friendly. Um, A very noted, a noted, respectable journalist said to me... I asked him what he thought, and he said, the community shield is like kissing your sister. That's It's like it's a friendly, and there's no... You know, that's there's no, there's nothing in it. And there, there would be something in kissing your sister, Paul. I guess I, I don't know what goes on in your house. I, I hope he meant on the cheek. Like I'm kind of assuming that. Um, See, maybe that's how my mind works. I assumed it was just like you know, full on tongues. <laughs> but that is an expression. You know, this this person wasn't like being deviant. That is like a, a an English idiom. <laughs> um, anyway, um, the so I think taking any dramatic lessons out of it for me like the enjoyment was being at Wembley again was nice and remembering how lovely the the last time we went to Wembley was and then like that was my first Mourinho press conference so that was pretty exciting because when he walked in I was like oh he is very very handsome like you know when you see people who look handsome on television everyone on television is sort of all right looking at the very least so when you see people that look handsome on television in real life there's like an extra level of you know, uh, remarkable handsomeness. Unless it's in the Game of Thrones, because right. then they're all pretty ugly. Oh, OK. Because, you know, it's medieval, yeah. isn't it? Sort of. Are you saying that everyone in medieval times was, like, ugly? Ugly! <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that was nice, and he was on excellent form. And he was asked, like... He always is when he wins. Exactly. This is the thing. It's This is the glow. This is the warm honeymoon glow of Mourinho. And it's all going to wear off. He looked very shiny. Anyone asking about Bastian? Uh, no, they did on Friday. And I think I think if, he'd, if he was asked about Bastian... I don't think they needed to, because that's, like, last week's story, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, done now. Um, so people were very upset about that. And I can understand why, because it was done on his birthday and there is no human alive that thinks about birthdays more than Bastian Schweinsteiger, as we know from social media. So that's a bit sad. But what else can he do? He, he, you, it's like, it's a ruthless decision, but the people kind of saying it's like classless and all this kind of thing, I just think he's, he's on 200 grand a week and he's never going to play You've got to make it extremely clear. Look, mate, I'm sorry, you used to be great, but you're never going to play. Now find a club in China. Mm, yeah. Or a second-tier club in Germany or whatever and take a massive pay cut. Mm. Well, no, I mean, he'd get a job back in the Bundesliga for sure. Yeah, not on 200 grand a week, though. Not on 200 grand a week, yeah. No, no, I think he's off to MLS or China or something like that and makes sense at this stage. He, he could go elsewhere in Europe, but he's not going to get the same kind of money. Mm. Uh, where would you go if you were him? Out to the States. Why not? Be fun. 
Yeah. I think so. I think that's what I'd do. Go yeah. and play the Lampard roles. If any of the clubs have got a designated player slot left, you know, the ones that can earn big bucks, uh, he can go and play until November or, you know, whenever the season finishes, something like that. Uh, then get a bit of a break. So one of the things that uh, we promised on the podcast when um, we ran the Patreon was that if we hit a certain level, we'd have guests on the show. And we hit that level, and so, you know, we're people of our word. Uh, this And here's Andy Tate. <laughs> I'm sorry to say again, it's Moise. Uh, no, um, I spoke to uh, Andy Mitten, the managing editor of United We Stand, and a football journalist about his career and what he makes of United at the moment. It was a good chat. Here it is. Here uh, at Wembley in the press lounge with a person who will be very familiar to plenty of listeners uh, to this show because I'm sure we've got plenty of crossover with the United We Stand podcast. Andy Mitten, how are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. What's your take on uh, Jose this season? What's going to go down? I think it will be an improvement on last season. I think it has to be. United were massively disappointed last season didn't score enough goals didn't finish high enough didn't play well enough and I think the fans were very patient with Van Hall, but it wasn't unfair to judge him after 80, 90, 100 matches and he failed I think he's a good man I think he was a good coach but by the end it was the right decision to change him I think I can understand why Mourinho was the clear favourite among Manchester United fans I put a case forward for Ryan Giggs, which was very unpopular, but that was my opinion. But I can see that Mourinho had the experience, got a better track record. I knew that United had been speaking to him on and off for six months before he signed. Once United became clear that Pep Guardiola was going to, to Manchester City, it narrowed it down to two people in the eyes of the club, both with opposite skill set. One was hugely experienced. And then you had Ryan, who, who, who wasn't, uh, but he was part of the club. And, but I think the fans were so tired that maybe if Ryan was going to take charge, it, it, his time had gone, and maybe his time will come again in the future. But I think familiarity bred contempt with Ryan. I could see some United fans turning against him. And when Mourinho was appointed, he, he, he arrived with um, a huge amount of enthusiasm, I think his signings have been really well received, and it, it's quite similar to when Van Hall took charge. You know, people have got quite selective memories. I remember being in the States on the pre-season tour, and fans saying after the disaster of David Moyes, United will be back. There were flickers, but didn't really happen. So I do think United will, will do better. Uh, there was a, a survey done on United We Stand where. 55% of fans said the team would win the league this year and none said they'd finish outside the top four. And I know United got that information and I know Ed Woodward got that information because I was told. And they were like, OK, you know, there's a lot of optimism and that can be a bad thing as well because I think to go from fifth to first is very difficult, especially using most of the same players. But there's so many side angles here. Some of those players were restricted because of the way Van Hall played football. And maybe with a more attack-minded manager, and Mourinho is certainly indicating that that will be the way forward, um, things will fit more into place. But competition's tough. There's probably 
seven or eight big name managers this season who if they don't finish in the top four will lose their jobs and it's not just United and Chelsea or United and Arsenal as it was 10 years ago 15 years ago City have got serious money Chelsea have Arsenal will be there until March when they fall away Leicester came from nowhere Liverpool have not got Europa League to worry about so I think it's going to be very intriguing and the smaller poorer teams are not under any pressure to sell players like they used to be Manchester United could go and say right Wayne Rooney's going to cost us a lot of money but we're going to buy him or Rio Ferdinand is Everton don't need to sell now Bournemouth can now look at AC Milan goalkeepers so there's a whole new uh, dimension on, on the English Premier League which is good for the neutral but I think it makes it harder for a manager to win so I, I read your gigs because um, I, I really like UWS um, I, I read your gigs editorial and I found myself nodding along with it like yeah this this makes sense and I, I kind of wrote a, a thing where I basically said we should just give him the job just because which is a terrible reason really but if you can't make terrible sentimental decisions in football where can you yeah. but what I found myself was when Mourinho took over I was like oh my god this is so obviously the right choice has the kind has his arrival changed how you feel about it at all I never had any problem with Mourinho mm. I was asked on TV five years ago who should replace Sir Alex Ferguson and without any hesitation I said Jose Mourinho and there's a book coming I saw him in Spain and my opinion of him dropped because I didn't like a lot of the things he did while at Real Madrid I thought they are not befitting of a Real Madrid manager and seeing him working as a journalist as well um, but that's not to say he can't go back up again I know a lot of people in football who really rate him I know others who think he's gone he, he lost it at Chelsea and he'll know all this and it's like in any profession you're only as good as your, your recent form in a lot of professions and I'll fully support him I think he's a great manager I like his attitude I like the fact that he'll probably create a siege mentality take a little bit of getting used to a man's so closely identified with Chelsea um, as for Ryan it's a shame how things have worked out but football's like that and he knows that and I agree with your point about the romance in football and, and I wrote that as well but Ryan wasn't helped sitting alongside David Moyes and then Louis van Gaal and he knows that and Ryan's argument is I can't undermine my boss and he actually thinks that he learned a lot from Louis van Gaal I interviewed Javi Hernandez and he said no sorry Luis Enrique he said I've played under eight top name managers and I learned more from van Gaal about what to do and what not to do so it's all subjective Ryan might never manage Ryan might become the greatest manager since Sir Alex Ferguson we just don't know I can't predict the future but I can see firmly why United went for, for, for Jose Mourinho because he's as close as you can get to someone who will guarantee what United want and that is to win football matches and I don't care whatever fans say including myself about style and goals if your team's winning everything else is secondary and he in the last 15 years has played has, has overseen winning football teams and I spoke to lots of the lads who've played under him people like Benny McCarthy who's a Man United fan he's the greatest manager in the world 
and I take all those opinions on board. I don't think it's there's a right and wrong, black and white way of doing things. When I wrote Sticking Up For Ryan, that was my opinion, and I believed in it. And in the fanzine, I'm entitled to that. Some of our best columnists were offering complete contrary opinions, and I respect them. Do you want us all to agree with each other? And what I'd say is I'd, I'd try and write in an informed way. Um, I did some background on Pochettino, for example, and I found information out which wasn't largely known, and I'd work that into, us, into, into my thinking as well. And maybe we'll look at this in a year's time and say, Mourinho, is, how could anybody be even considering somebody else? Or maybe we won't. That's, that's, that's the delight of the game we love. And so my last question then is about the magazine. Mm. Um, and it's a two-parter. Mm. So the first part was, um, I mentioned to somebody that I was going to try and speak to you this season, and they said... Ask him about his career, ask him about that start and the decision to start the magazine. Mm. And then the second part of that is like what's what's the plans for for UWS? Because it's it's a massive institution, it's a massive part of the match day experience for United. I guess also like people get it all around the world presumably. They do, yeah. Uh, I, I started United We Stand when I was fifteen. I, I grew up in Ermston, Stretford, first five years. Always been a United fan, family always been United fans. All my family play football. I'm the only one who doesn't receive money to play for a living, so they look down on me a bit. But I've made a full-time living writing about it, which I'm very uh, appreciative of. And I've seen the world writing about football, not just with United. And when I started it, I never for one minute thought, this is going to be something that I do for so long. I didn't even want to be a journalist when I was 15. But then, as I got more into it... Uh, I did a three-year journalism degree on a very good course and then Man United offered me a very good job on their official magazine, which I didn't take because I thought quite value our independence. Uh, but I did do some freelance for them and freelance for other people and just built it up and up and up. And by 2001, I, I did my first book, uh, which was a rough guide and about United. And then I realised what I do is not conventional because the people I, I studied with, they joined the local paper. They move, If they had talent, they move up and join a regional or national paper. But what I do works for me. I get a lot of work. And I appreciate that, because these are challenging times in the, the, the media industry. I work really hard. You know, I've got... I do a lot of travel, go to a lot of football matches. I see a lot of people face-to-face. -face. I'll travel around the world to get a story if I need to. And people might see... Oh, Mitten's done an interview with so-and-so. So, recently, Gary Neville in the Sunday Times, his first interview since leaving Valencia and um, England. That took eight months to plan. I was going to Valencia frequently, seeing things that I couldn't even write about. And Gary was saying, look, we can't do it yet, 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 yet. Because his club was tearing itself apart at the time. So there's always a story behind the story. Uh, I went to see Nemanja Vidic in, in Milan. Nemanja didn't like journalists. So I went from a position of him not wanting to do anything to building up a trust, which it took over a year, to finally going to see him, to him coming to meet me and saying, you knew, you knew about that bomb at Old Trafford. How did you know that? And I said, well, I've got people who give me information. I've done it for a long time. I'm from a part of Manchester where Manchester United are a major in." 
all my mum's mates are in you know, I just get information from different places and the man just said what do you know about me and I said well if you give me a good interview I'll tell you later on so it's about building up trust I love them big long interviews I realise that the culture of some elements of the media can't cater for that anymore they can't afford to send people to Milan I've written 11 books, I've got a few more in the pipeline, which I think United fans will absolutely love. I'm just not allowed to say what they are at the moment. And I just do what I would advise any young journalist. Work hard, be reliable, be honest, develop your contacts, because they'll get you the edge if you've got people who trust you. Trust is a massive thing. And I can only write less than half the stuff that I'm told because you're just protecting sources you can't, people can't be losing the jobs because of information that they're giving you but if you, if you know a lot about a subject it means that you might not write certain things because you know it, you know it to be incorrect and I'm, I'm lucky, I, I love doing what I do I really do, I'm a United fan I'll get to a lot of Barca matches but I don't feel anything for them in my heart, I just don't uh, my two daughters are growing up in, in Barcelona coming back from school now and one of them had a rhyme last week about Messi and Rakitici and please don't do this to me but I accept they're growing up in that environment but with United I still get that buzz not, not all the time but a lot of the time I really still get it and I, I just do what I do to the best of my ability and I think people appreciate that not all of them you know you'll put, you'll put a piece on, on social media I did one on Friday about Pogba, how United basically came on the brink of signing Pogba. And my, my sources were brilliant. It took a long time to put together. And 90% of people appreciate that. But you'll get a lot of people saying, you know nothing, you're clueless. And you think, I've done this job for 27 years, every single day of my life, speaking to people, and I'm clueless. And of course, the people having a pop tend to be anonymous. English would be a second language for a lot of them. They don't realise how strong their, their criticism is. I did a piece last year on problems within the United Youth System, and my sources were brilliant. And I went on the pre-season tour, and people you and I would know very well on the playing side come up to me, make sure no one was looking, saying, that is absolutely correct. And as a journalist, you think, I've done my job there. Some United fans, they simply don't want to hear bad news. And I find in sports journalism... You write a piece which people agree with, you're a great lad and a great writer. You write something that they don't agree with, you're an idiot who knows nothing. But I'm not writing to have people nodding along, I'm writing in search of the truth. Often there's more than one version of the truth. So it's an interesting profession in an industry that's changing really quickly. It's still an industry I love. I still love print. I still love United We Stand. I'm still really protective over the lads who sell it outside the ground they love it as well um, you know, we have people offering us money for adverts or for this or that and we just will not accept it and I love that I feel like it's owned by United fans because they're the ones who, who contribute to it and we have to put stuff in there that you can't find anywhere else otherwise people won't buy it so in the last few months you know, a big Paul Scholes interview we had Rooney in the, in the summer one uh, but people aren't really buying it for interviews. It's just we've got some very good writers in there. Some of the best writers. We've got a new writer, Keith Dewhurst, 84 years old. He was a good friend of Busby's. 
and he writes beautifully, he's a renowned playwright, and to, to the person who's only obsessed by transfers, that holds no interest to them, but I'm not only obsessed by transfers, I like Manchester United's history, especially if someone can shed new light on it, and that's what I'm always pushing my writers to do, don't just do a piece on how Michael Garrick's good at playing football from what you've seen on television, tell me something new, I'm more interested in you finding Michael Carrick's dad and getting a new angle. So I hope that explains a little bit. And as for the future, as long as people keep buying United We Stand, we'll carry on doing it. I've always said that, as long as it doesn't lose money. And money's this dirty word that you're not allowed to mention, but our print bills are not free. It's not free to design. There are costs attached to it. I make the vast majority of my income from doing proper journalism, if you like, or my books. But United We Stand has got a stand on its own two feet. And I'm pleased to say it does. Changes. We've got digital subscribers now around the world. And some of them would say, I couldn't afford to have it posted because the postage is expensive. I can't control that. Or you'll have people saying, I only accept the printed edition and get it posted to Australia. And they all have the reasons and are protective of the community of United fans, the, the people you see at a lot of matches. If one of them dies, we'll write about them. They're as important to me as some of the players because they're well known within that community and again that might seem alien to people who've never been to a match because everyone's got different ideas of what Manchester United should be to them but to the people who buy United We Stand most of them are buying it at the match these things matter to them but I've always been really inclusive we've got a fan in the next issue who I met in China on the pre-season from Outer Mongolia and I love that I love the fact that United have got this massive following that when I go to Tehran, as you mentioned, to see Carlos Queiroz, and I put it onto Twitter, 12 different Iranian Reds get in touch with me and say, can we take you out for a, you know, a whatever Iranian people are drinking? And you meet them and you know all about the mag. And it's fantastic. And that's why I'm really protective over it, because it's something we've done for, for such a long time. So... Long may it continue. We'll put the hours in, but we need people to support it as well. Yeah, buy buy UWS when you get the match. It's good. It's been the programme. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for your time. Very good. Good lad, Andy Mitten. Yeah, absolutely. Buy UWS. Their podcast is available as well. Um, the magazine's excellent. There are other United podcasts. <laughs> there are other United podcasts. Patreon.com slash other United podcasts. <laughs> no, no, we've taken that URL. Right, OK. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah. Um, good SEO. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, we'll we'll have more guests on the show. Like, give us a shout if there's anyone realistic you think that you'd like to hear from, and I'll see what I can do. Can't hey, we anything. promised it, so we'll we'll do what we can. Yeah. Mugs are in production. Absolutely. You've been working on mug artwork. Oh, it's, it's good mug artwork. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Um, so um, the season ahead. Yeah, we we said we'd do a season preview. I mean, so Pogba's done and dusted. Oh, yeah, should we? I guess we should talk about that a bit. I mean, it, it makes a massive difference. I mean, I, I think I said on a pod some time ago that it's the difference between United potentially making their title run or not. Mm. And I think that's right. I think that's right. I mean, man for man, this is a, a very powerful United squad. It's, you know, pretty much as powerful as any. We'll see. I mean... You can probably say there are seven teams that think they have some kind of shot at the title this season. So? United, yeah. City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham, Leicester. Yes. Ranieri said his target was 40 points. 
Yeah, well, of course he would. He's lovely. They're, get, they're going to get way more than 40 points, but I, I, they're not going to get 75. They were pretty good, you know, they're pretty today. Good. Like, they, they look really well organised and they look a bit light. But United didn't leave a lot. Of, how many balls did they actually manage to play from back to front quickly? Yeah. Not, not a lot, right? Yeah. United were very compact at the back. And, and you wonder whether another season, Morgan and Huth, that's like a lot of teams are going to... The theory is, the kind of received wisdom, is that teams have worked out how to play Leicester... Let them have the ball. That's not what United did today at no, all. No, it's not what United did today. But they didn't. They didn't push up to the halfway line. The back. That back four was not on the halfway line all the time. No, absolutely. So I mean, Bailly got done by Vardy once and got a booking for it. Yeah, that's it, really. Yeah. Isn't it? And then the goal was just a ridiculous error. So it's not like they were carving United open from counter attacks. Um, so. You wonder, I think they're a great unknown as they were last season. It's so tempting to just go, no, of course they can't do anything this season. But all through last season, it was extremely tempting to say, no, of course they didn't. And they won the league. That is such an extraordinary achievement. And they're missing Kante. And you and, and it can go one of two ways when you win the league, as Dwight York and Roy Keane will attest, right? You can either go, that's it, I'm done, I'm happy. Or... Ah, the driven force of must winness inside me has taken over my body, and I must win again. You know. Yeah, we'll see with Leicester whether that's true. I, I, I think sixth, seventh, eighth is about par for them this season, mm-hmm. and that's fair enough. And that's not—I don't think that's disrespectful. I think that's just where they'll be. Yeah. Um, and, and are they we'll going to finish above or below Liverpool? Uh, let's let's say within three points. Okay. Because they are, they seem like they're on about the same level, don't they? Yeah, well, Liverpool have just smashed Barcelona, but <laughs> it's their year. No, it's not their, it's not their year. Liverpool won't finish in the top four. Um, but I think United will be very close. I'm, I'm not saying that United definitely got the best team, because I think today you saw, you know, there's, there's some stuff to work out. Mm. If you go through the squ- squad and just rate them all or work out the problems, they're quite a lot, Yeah, you know. So you sent. I was like getting all optimistic. I get WhatsApp. And I sent like, you a WhatsApp storm. Yeah, of like everything that's wrong with United squad. Yeah, well, it's just it's questions, right? So can Smalling retain the quality he had over the last two years, or can he go a bit further forward? How does Bailly settle in? Is Phil Jones going to stay fit? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, it's not. How does Luke Shaw come back? He looks pretty good, actually. I think it yeah. doesn't seem like there's any lasting effects. No. Right back's a problem, though. Valencia's been good in preseason. Seems you know good-ish, right? But we know that. He's going to give goals away. Damian better defensively than attacking in the system that Jose plays. That's not good. I don't think he's going to get too many minutes. Fosu Mensa would be the man, but he's very young, mm. right? So he's the child yeah. at the yeah. moment. Exactly. How do they work out that midfield? So Carrick, old, Herrera, not done much, honestly, in the last two years. Seems like he he would be a Mourinho-type player. You'd think, right? He's got everything that says he's a Mourinho-type player. Yeah, and I don't think it's fair to say he hasn't done anything in the last two years. I think he didn't do anything last season, apart from the Everton game. But the season before that, from January onwards, he was consistently excellent. OK, so. yeah, and how does Pogba settle in? I mean, that's answered a big question in midfield. Up front, there's loads of options. There's the Rooney question, right, which yeah. is a problem, you know, and... and um, I guess Memphis isn't a problem. He's not going to play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when Rashford came... I don't even know if Memphis was on the bench today, but when Rashford came on for Martial on the left wing, it was like... Yeah, I mean, the penny's got to drop with Memphis. I mean, you know, you'd think he'd, he'd have spent the summer working extremely hard. I'm not sure he did. 
I mean, uh, he put some fitness training on Instagram too, so... Yeah, we'll see. So, a lot of questions, but a lot of questions about a lot of other teams as well. So, Manchester City, how quickly do they adapt to Pep's methods? Um, they, I mean, they're spending some money, right? They've brought very, very exciting uh, Brazilian forward. They're, they're strengthening the squad. Uh, they probably need another defender. They're looking at John Stones. Not great value at 50 million there. But who cares about value? Definitely no. not City. No, no one cares about value these days. But, uh, you know, he's going to make a few errors. But he's a Pep-type defender. Yeah, Stones and Fernandinho, that'll be the, the centre-back the combination. Back, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see Ibrahimovic against those two. Huh? <laughs> um, so, you know, some questions there. Chelsea, I mean, they're chasing fourth, honestly. I don't think they'll win the title. Arsenal, we know. Arsenal, Arsenal. You know, they'll Arsenal it up. I towards think, the end of the season. I think that's too dismissive of Chelsea. Because I think Conte is like just fire, isn't he? He's just like rage and determination and all of that kind of stuff. And they bought N'Golo Kante, who is like the A player they really need. You'd think they would want to add some more stardust. Have I missed anyone? Have they signed anyone else big? I can't think of anyone. Maybe they have. But... No, no, they were trying to sign Morata, which has not happened yet. Right. So you'd think they need a forward. Um, but maybe not. Maybe he can get the best out of out of what they've got because they've still like Hazard hasn't gone anywhere, has he? You know, so no, no, in about eighteen months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was all right at the Euros, wasn't he? I don't know. Okay, he, he, there was a, a flash of it, and Hazard come back to life, and maybe he can drag them back. Yeah. To some sort how, of how do you think Romelu Lukaku is feeling about uh, Roberto Martinez being the new Belgium manager? What? What? <laughs> Isn't that the weirdest thing that's ever happened? It was a very, very strange decision by Belgium. I mean, he's an upgrade on Mark Wilmots because everyone is an upgrade on Mark Well, I mean, it's like, it's the total polar opposite. I mean, Mark Wilmots took a team and deconstructed it and made it much less than some of its parts and they were very negative. Roberto Martinez is just going to go, defence? What? (laughs) Defence? Yeah. I've got 18 forwards in my squad. They're all going to play at the same time. (laughs) It'll be glorious. They'll they'll pass that ball a lot. Um, It'll be interesting to see how quickly Pep can pep up that side. I see what you did there. I mean, I didn't... I, I, I was trying to make a slightly different play on words than I accidentally made. I was trying to make the play on words of like how quickly he can put himself, his 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 essential pepness into their side. And I wonder whether that'll take a bit longer than it will take Mourinho to put his Mourinho-ness into United. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's more akin to... Mourinho's going to play some pretty standard tactics, right? 4-2-3-1 by the looks of it until until he listens to the rank cast and makes a sensible decision but he works a lot on defence so everyone says first, you know, so it's just structures around defence. Pep is where everyone is in relation to everyone else in the field at any one time mm. months and months of it a bit more Van Hal-esque. Yeah I mean obviously Pep's football has, Pep is, Pep is a Pokemon evolution of Louis Van Gaal isn't he? That's like what he is He's the next level of that kind of football, and it's much better to watch. And I think City fans are going to have loads of fun, especially next season. And I think United kind of have to win the league this season, really. I think this is going to be our best chance in a long time because Zlatan trying to get two seasons out of him is going to be really difficult. And the 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 kind of Klopp effect at Liverpool, the Conte effect at um, Chelsea, and the Pep effect at City. All of those things are going to ramp up a level. Plus, eventually Arsenal might get a proper manager in. 
Yeah, but United just going to spunk another 200 million next summer, right? <laughs> Mercy's coming home. Uh, what do you make of the Pogba signing? Well, I mean, it's a really grotesque amount of money, but, but like, so what? I mean, every next iteration of the broadcast contract means there's a pile more money into the system at the moment. There's a global sponsorship business, which United are chasing at the moment. They're leading that chase. Uh, United revenue will go past 500 million this year. Uh, so, yeah, the club can afford it well within uh, whatever UEFA stipulations there are. Do they even really count anymore? You know, so it's a really grotesque amount of money, but, you know, it's what they're spending this summer and it's it's okay. It doesn't look like to me that Pogba's the kind of guy who gives a fuck, honestly, uh, about that kind of level of money, you know, being spent on him. He looks pretty self-confident. Although, you know, I know we were talking last week about perhaps he needs an arm around the shoulder and reassurance sometimes. Mm. I don't think the money will be the issue, though. No, I think he will perceive it as a natural part of his career path. Of course, he was always going to be a phenomenally expensive player. And I think it's important to look at the detail of some of that money to recognise, Andy Mitten was tweeting about this, that the deal, whatever level the deal's done at... If you look at the pre-Brexit value of the pound, it looks a lot less obscene. It looks like it's a huge amount of money. It's a massive transfer. Maybe it would have even been a record transfer. But it wouldn't have been the, like, let's smash the ceiling off the record and add another chunk to it. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, you know, we know what the headlines will be. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's a Forex effect there. United hedge that anyway, so they'll have money in in euros. They do hedge it. that have been sensible to hedge it these days. Uh, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure it'll go down as in the books. We'll see uh, when they come out in the next quarter because they'll have the, uh, the, the FX um, hedging uh, losses or otherwise. Um, we'll see what Pogba really goes down as in terms of the actual fee, plus they do release the uh, agent's fees at the moment, don't they? So, you know, hey... Whatever it doesn't, it just doesn't matter that much. Um, after years of of uh, you know the Glazers putting a break on United spending when they could have spent and they were spending on interest and debt, it's payback. Can you quite believe it? Because I'm I'm really struggling to get my head around the fact from where we were at the end of last season, Louis Van Gaal, no Ibrahimovic, no Mkhitaryan, no Pogba, like. The level of quality, has, has there ever been... Well, I know the answer to this question. There's never been a summer where United have brought this much quality, both off the pitch and on the pitch, into the club all at the same time. Well, look, two summers ago we brought in Falcao and Di Maria. Yeah, but Falcao was broken in a way that Ibrahimovic very clearly isn't. So, you know, that's that, what the per, the player we brought in was sadly the husk of Radamel yeah. Falcao. But, but last three summers, United have spent a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. You know, gross amount of money. And, and all of these players are, are high quality. You know, some of them just didn't work out. Right? But apart from Di Maria, none of them are at this kind of level. No. Well, McTarran, we'll, we'll see. Right. right? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's put up great numbers in the last two years, had a more difficult first season in, in Germany. You know, we'd expect him to do good numbers, but, but I don't think there are any guarantees with that. No, fair enough. Pogba should be a guarantee. I, I don't think he'll have a problem adapting to the Premier League. You know, it's, uh, it's not that. He's played like 18 minutes of Premier League football yeah, or something, yeah, yeah, he'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, we should just pull out Park and 
Rafael just as a laugh. <laughs> we really should. I mean, we should literally bring back Rafael de Silva, not as a laugh, but as a right back. Like, I still maintain that that would be a perfectly reasonable, sensible move. Uh-huh. Well, this is the thing about the amount of spending that's happened. You know, a lot of it completely pointless. Yeah, oh, no doubt. I mean, look, given given how Nani's performed over the last couple of seasons, well, he's performed well at club level. Yeah. Would he be any worse than Memphis? Not sure, you know. Raphael, yes, he had his faults, but is Damien a better choice? Not really. And that's the thing with changing the manager all the time, you know, is this influx and outflux of players that they absolutely have to have because, you know, they know right. It's one of those economics points, isn't it, that you, if you're a new manager, you shouldn't unnecessarily change the squad. Because... Right, but, but that's what happens when you have a, you know, a decent sporting structure, which United doesn't really have, right? No, no sporting director, and unless you call that Mino Raiola. What was it? Jorge Mendes. Well, it was supposed to be, but it, we talked about this last Maybe week. Maybe they're job-sharing. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe this is just all a front. Maybe it's like, Jersey stepped in, he's like, right, Jorge... Jorge, this is going to look far too obvious if I just give you all this. So what we're going to do is you're going to get a cut of all the money I give Mino this summer. Like, So there's some funds going to end up in a guest of Fute slush fund. I should say that this is that's a work of satire and is thus non-prosecutable. <laughs> it's not actionable because I don't actually think that happened. So to go back to season preview stuff, United squad looks in good shape. There, there are no... There's no position in that squad where you go, we don't have cover, certainly, like for injuries and stuff. There's a, there's a quality drop-off at, at a few different spots. But there's also the potential that actually the right first-team player gets injured and someone else comes in and improves the level of the squad. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, traditionally, Mourinho's worked with like 20 to 22. He's not worked with a big squad at all. I yeah. think he likes it like that. Yeah. Um, well, he said many times. Yeah, yeah, he said many times. Yeah, I mean, there's an issue on cover at centre-back. Yeah, because there's only really three, and then Paddy McNair, old Blint, four. They need. Wow, do you put? Do you hate Daily Blint so much that you've got Paddy McNair ahead of him in the backing order? All right, but he's not a defender, so. I mean, he is now. He just is like left back's uh, an issue. I mean, Blint came and played at left back uh, today. Yeah. Right. So we'll see. Uh, uh, Timothy Fosumenta, not Timothy Fosumenta, the other guy with the double barrel camera and Bothwick Bothen- <laughs> Jackson, uh, is cover there. Yeah. But he I hasn't guess. really been part of uh, Jose's plan so far. Not being, and, and let's assume he's going to go out on loan, I think. Mm. Right back's an issue. You know, there's three players there. You know, it's not obvious that any of them are, are going to claim that. Position this season, midfield. Carrick's so, old. Yeah, I mean, Schneidlin haven't worked out his best position. I mean, I've said all this. Yeah, you right? literally so, run through all this already. So, there are yeah. questions, but there's also real strengths. So De Gea is superb. Pogba's going to arrive, one of the world's best midfielders. There are questions, but nonetheless, that is the case. Martial is electric and exciting and doesn't show any signs of like slacking off. I mean, not slacking off, dropping off. Zlatan Zlatan, Mkhitaryan has an awful lot of potential, Rashford is electric and exciting, Mata is a wonderful choice given everyone else in this side to play at number 10 and come at me bro, like I don't mean you, I mean the people, like everyone hates Juan Mata, it's weird, it's it's because people like him and he's quite nice, there's a huge backlash against him. No, no, look, he's the best number 10. Maybe, maybe, maybe Mkhitaryan. 
He's not really a number ten. I mean, you know, just just hasn't played there very often. So, um, yeah, he could he could play. He's a modern number ten, Mkhitaryan. He's not, he's not the foot on the ball playmaker that Matter is. Mm. You know, so Matter is clearly more dynamic, less dynamic. Um, but I guess we're not going to see Matter on the right wing too often this season. No, no, it make a lot of sense if you're going to play four two three one for Matter to play in the hole, Mkhitaryan on the right, Martial on the left. Yeah, you know. Well, very nice forward line that that was called a lot of goals that forward line. Yeah, and Jose Mourinho is a very bright man and he's very good at understanding football. And you know, Van Gaal was so entrenched in Rooney that that just like gave up altogether. But it's it's got to happen this season. If it doesn't happen this season, we know that there's contractual stuff or whatever. David Moyes sold the whole farm when he gave Rooney. Yeah, that. well, maybe yeah. Um, so uh, other teams, City, we talked about a little bit. I think they'll be strong this season. Yeah, they should be strong. Chelsea, uh, I yeah. I mean, it's a long way back from where they finished last season yeah. to to say they're going to win the title. I, I'm not sure about it. Let's say it's going to be a more normal season. Yeah. Spurs haven't really strengthened much this summer, but they got and they've got the Champions League. So this is a you know, big question for them. But I think the big Spurs thing is they haven't strengthened yet in terms of. Well, they brought Victor Wanyama. I was talking to a Spurs fan who was very happy with that signing. I'm a bit, yeah, you, you're pulling a face to suggest it's a bit of a meh signing, and it feels a bit like that. Um, but they, he, but he does offer another option in the two alongside Dyer, and it, maybe you can play Dembele further forward occasionally. Although he did really well in that spot last season. But I think the the real improvement in Spurs is that Kane's another season in, Dyer's another season in, Ali's another season in, and that is. There's a level of progression there, you know. They've like leveled up. Their XP's filled up the necessary meter, and they've they've leveled up a bit. Yeah, but so is everyone else, right? This, I mean, it's going to be a tough season for Spurs. Arsenal done nothing in the transfer market yet of note, right? But what brought Shaka, who's a he's a decent midfielder and not the defensive midfielder they really need. He's a ball playing midfielder. Mm. You know, he's not going to put his foot through anyone's shins, is he? Uh, so you know, nice but very Arsenal. Just a very Arsenal signing. I mean, it is mind-boggling that you're hearing reports that Arsene Menger is like balking at the price of players and not buying them. And you think, what? what is it all for, Arsene? Is, are you so... I mean, is it that Stan Kroenke just doesn't... Stan Kroenke just doesn't care at all, so the money really isn't available in the level it needs to be? Is it that Arsene Menger is so kind of entrenched and in his ideology like he's just become completely dogmatic mm. well the thing is with the owners these days you know i'm not saying that Cronky's stopping him spending because it doesn't seem like it um there's so much money in the premier league that and the margins look so good that it's it's kind of an asset management style company that's interested in this Right? This is not the old owners. Kroenke is more on that side of things. You know, so in American sports, you pretty much know how much money you can print as an owner. Um, and and it looks like that in the Premier League now. Mm. You know, it always used to be the joke was, how do you make a small fortune in football? You start with a large one, right? It's not it's not the case in, in the Premier League anymore. There's so much cash in there that there are new types of investors coming in who it is just about investment. Mm. And, and where you finish doesn't matter that much. Yeah, I mean, that was always your argument at the beginning of the Glazer era when people would say, no, but they've bought it and they need the club to be successful, their model to work, and you would always say they need the club to finish fourth every season and get to the knockout stages of the Champions League for their model to work. 
And yes, yeah. and you don't even need that now if you're Arsenal. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's and or United, in fact. Although yeah. they'll take a massive hit off Adidas if they don't get in the Champions League. No, they'll be in the Champions League this season. There you go. This is my first prediction of our prediction show. United will qualify for the Champions League next season. I think they'll be very strong this season, United, especially in the second half. Yeah, and I and I wonder, like today, Mourinho said around the 70 minute mark, United was struggling, but he saw a team. He saw, and and he was really pleased with that. He yeah. he saw that spirit being there already. And so, so I thought it was more interesting, not against Leicester, but against Galatasaray and Wayne Rooney's Everton against Everton. Yeah, so they didn't score any goals against Everton, and you know, on the face of it, it looked a bit kind of insipid, right? It, yeah, it really did. <laughs> it did, but the movement of the players in forward position is completely different than under Van Hal. Completely different. And so th- this is a team for me that, even though they might not play Pep-style tiki-taka football, they're, they're, you know, Mourinho is very pragmatic as a manager. They will play direct sometimes. They, they, they will get it wide and get it in. Uh, they'll play possession football on occasions when it's needed, and they'll they'll you know they'll play the dark arts when it's needed too, mm. because that's Mourinho. Um, this is a team set up to score quite a few goals. Mm. I think that I think they'll score twenty goals more than they did last season in all comps or you know or whatever the average is. I think I think they might well score twenty more goals in the league than they did last season. I suppose it wouldn't be that hard, right? No. No, it wouldn't. And it would actually, it wouldn't be like a season where we scored a miraculous number of goals if we scored 20 more goals this season. Um, So who do you actually think is going to win the league? If I had to bet? Yeah. At at evens? Yeah, yeah. It's probably City just, you know. But I think think United will be within, definitely within five points of the winners. It would be a disaster if United, it wouldn't be a disaster, but it would be, you know, I think Mourinho would be very disappointed if United aren't, you know, going into May with a in touching distance. He was asked about his expectations, and he says I have a very stupid expectation for the season. I want to, my expectation for the season is that we win every game. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, that's brilliant. It's just good to hear that. And he, he was kind of acknowledged the fact that it's not plausible, but it was just, it's good that that's his aspiration. And e, you're absolutely right. If we finish more than five points out off the league title unless it's like we were really close and then there was like we just couldn't win it and there was a couple of games and it's six points that doesn't matter but you yeah, know yeah. unless we're in with a shot at the title with three games to go it's been a bad season yeah and I think that will happen I think United will be will be close mm-hmm. um, and, and it's not... money now just on City just because you know they just have a better base to start from I mean I but but United have brought in some great players, and right? They've got some big problems at City. Like they really were dreadful by the back end of last season. And you think Pep's going to come in and sort that all out? But mm, they've got a generation of players that need to go, and they've got a lot of exciting players. But yeah, a lot of we're, we're making um, we're making some predictions three weeks too early in a way. Yeah, you always say this. Yeah, yeah. Be- because the, the transfer window does make a difference. Actually, I really do think the transfer window should end. The day before the season starts. It's Definitely. Just, yeah. Um, as for the others, Liverpool don't see enough there at the moment. I mean, I know, I know that um, Mane had a great game against uh, Barcelona. Uh, yeah. So what? You know, we know what we know what he's like. He's an exciting player, but an inconsistent one. Yeah. There's not enough in the rest of that squad to to tell me they're going to make the top four. Leicester, I think they'll drop away. Spurs, good, but it's going to be a hard season for them. Chelsea, I think, will make good, very good strides. Not enough, you know? So, 
you're saying City. You obviously you're not want to say this, but you're saying City, United, Arsenal, Arsenal Chelsea. Chelsea. All right, I think I'm going to say United, City, Chelsea, Spurs. I think this is finally going to be the season where Spurs finish above Arsenal. I know that's a, such a ridiculous thing to predict because that obviously is never going to happen. So I, I, I think any combination of those seven teams in any order is not going to be a massive shock unless like Liverpool win the league. Out of all of those, I'd say they're the least likely to win the league. Yeah. Um, so who's going to get relegated? And you can give me two names that aren't hot. <laughs> okay. Um, Sunderland. Please let it be Sunderland. Uh, no, no offense, Sunderland. The, the Moisey isn't going to say, save them. I mean, he is obviously like he is going to. Fans level, surely. Well, the the theory that Jonathan Wilson has expounded about Moyes is that uh, he has just run out. He's just ended his natural, useful life cycle um, as a, as a top level manager, and that's what actually happened. He just had run out of. He's used up the energy in his tank. Alex Ferguson is this crazy outlier. Everyone else, ten years is a very good managerial career. Um, so we'll see, but if you kind of apply the principles of his Everton career, he should keep Sunderland up and he should improve their level over time. Uh, okay, so Burnley, Middlesbrough and Hull came up. Of those, I'm my brain just was like, oh, Middlesbrough are the most likely to stay up, but that is really based on 90s football. Like, yeah, that is but, but in, in Ito Karanka, they've got a Mourinho disciple. Yeah, right, okay. As manager, and they they were a very good attacking team. So, do you reckon that they're going to end up with some United players on loan? They might do. I think they'll stay up, but I do think Hull and Sunderland will go down. I'm with okay. you on that. All right. I'm not. I'm not convinced that Sunderland will go down. I wonder if Burnley will go down again because they won't. I mean, they've got like one season of uppy downies. That's not called that. It's called parachute payments. Um, so they, they've done. Really, it should be called uppy up, downies. Yeah, <laughs> uppy downy money. Um, they've got some uppy downy money. So you wonder. Like I think West Brom did this some years ago. They the first time they came up, they didn't spend anything. Then they got their uppy downy money, yeah. came back up, and spent a bit of money. Of the established teams, you know, there, there's a few that you'd think you'd be looking at Swansea going, hmm, you know, this is, it's been a bit of a spiral, that Swansea. Doesn't look very good no. in terms of the, the narrative of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and they've got, they've got new owners and there is a lot of... Because Swansea was so well run, I think I'd be very nervous if I was a Swansea fan. Yeah. West Brom... Maybe, but you know, obviously, obviously with Pulis and Johnny Evans at the back, yeah. world's top five defender. Yeah, there was, there was a crazy rumor that went around that Arsenal were trying to buy them. He'd be an excellent signing. Why for wouldn't them. they? Like, why would you know who else he'd be an excellent signing for? Right, you know, who so could really use a Manchester United could do with Johnny Evans. Another should never. No, no, you're right. You know, I agree with that. He should never have been sold. Yeah. Yeah. Nor should Philip Neville or Darren Fletcher or Nicky Butt or Danny Welbeck. <laughs> Um, I only mean about two of those. Um, yeah, so I guess that, that, that that's reasonable. So I'm going with Burnley, Hull and Swansea. You're going to go with Hull, I'm Sunderland. I'm going to go with Hull, Sunderland and Burnley. Okay, right, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Um, uh, is there going to be a team who are like who perform above the level of expectation that you're current? That everyone thinks they're going to. Is there a dark horse in that mix? I think maybe Liverpool could get to seventh rather than eighth. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I'm not sure. Hi, Chris. Bournemouth. Hi, Chris. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth, maybe a, a slightly a slight overperformance from Bournemouth. 
think they did that last year. Yeah, they could... See, could go down, could yeah. go down. Yeah, It's not impossible, is it? So top scorer in the Premier League, other than Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Aguero. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's cheating in a way, isn't it? It is cheating. I mean, it really does depend on whether he's fit or not. In fact, I'm not going for Aguero because I don't think he's going to be able to last a season of Pep Guardiola football. It's interesting because Pep's players get injured, Mourinho's players don't get injured. Right. It's kind of interesting. You might think like Pep's the super modern guy and his players would be the ones, but... He works them real, real hard. What was Ray Verheyen got to say about Mourinho's periodisation? I don't then? know, actually. That's interesting. I've never heard him call, a, call him a dinosaur, and I think he probably, you know, he did use double training sessions in pre-season. You know, we know Oof. Like well, we, we know Ray doesn't like Klopp. You know, he, uh, he, yeah, was, he was having a go about Klopp's yeah, injury. Th- he said, phase three of Liverpool's pre-season, <laughs> the injury crisis. <laughs> Yeah, he's not wrong. Like, this is the thing about Verheyen. So often you look at it and go, he's just not wrong. Yeah, but, you know, see, I imagine him, like, downing a bottle of scotch on his own in his bedroom, <laughs> like, rocking backwards and forwards, going, periodization, double training, double training, periodization, Van Hal, dinosaur, dinosaur. <laughs> he quite liked Van Hal, though, because he was like, he's got other skills which make him a good coach, even though he's a dinosaur. Who was wrong about that? So right. That was one of the areas he was wrong. Europe. United in the, uh, what's it called these days? Europe. Champions League Division 2. In football detention in yeah. the Europa League. Um, I think Mourinho is not going to take the Europa League at all seriously. If he accidentally gets to a semi-final, he might. But otherwise, and that depends on what's going on in the league. Because he's not going to care about that. And it's a rubbish competition. It, it's a rubbish competition for so many reasons. You know, the, the timing... Screws everything up. Yeah. Uh, the fact that there's no money in it and no glamour in it. There's a ton of really good teams in it. Yeah. You know, so it's a tough competition to win as well. There's far too many games. Yeah. Far too many games. Lots of travel. Lots of travel to really weird places like, I don't know, Scotland or... <laughs> Sevilla. Yeah. It's <laughs> not a weird place. Neither of those are weird places. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think... I, I feel like if this was Football Manager, it'd be like, uh, we're not going to judge you on the results in the Europa League. Our priorities lie elsewhere. For sure. Yeah, and um, we'll see. I mean, yes, accidental semi-final, then you go for it, of course. Yeah. There is, there is glory in that competition. I don't think we're going to win the FA Cup again this season. So I think we've won it and that was like... Lovely. Mourinho has a good, good record. Good record. Win the double. Good record. Yeah, doubles on. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, imagine if he wins the double on his first season in charge. That'd be good if that happened. It would be, but I would say he'd be out of a job by about November or December the next season. <laughs> Probably. Um, League Cup, I... That's a miracle if we win the, win the League Cup. But, he, you know, the first time he took over Chelsea, he prioritised winning yeah. the League Cup. Because everywhere is important. He'll know that. Yeah. But I don't think he'll do that this time because United won the FA Cup just and that, that silverware carries over. He was very gracious about making sure it was about Van Gaal. He said, you know, I want to dedicate this to Van Gaal. He's the one that... He won the FA Cup. That's why we're here. He was very sincere about that. And then he said, many times in my career, I've left trophies for people to win and they never thank me, but I am thanking Van Gaal. <laughs> and then he like laughed. He was like, he was clearly just messing about. But it was very- yeah, I know, no, but, but playing on the fact that he's a massive narcissist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just like a few times I was tweeting quotes during that press conference and reading them going, oh, this really doesn't convey the tone at all. Like, I want to put a winky face at the end of it, you know, because he was joking, but yeah, anyway. All right, so we have a game. 
an actual Premier League football, you know, real football game. Bournemouth. Yeah. What do you reckon? Eddie Howe. Young. Good. Bournemouth. Mm. I, I think we're going to hammer them. <laughs> and Rooney's going to go wild with the grannies. Right. That probably is not going to happen. No, neither of those things are probably no, no, going to no. happen. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a fun day out for all those going down yeah. to the south coast. Yeah, uh, you'd expect United to put in a better show of things than they did last season. I wonder whether um, the kind of I feel like my predictions for the score of this game, my level of optimism for this game, all of that will start at the point of an hour before the game when the team comes out. Sure, because that's yeah. I will feel completely different about I it. I don't think we'll see Carrick and Fellaini as a holding two. I mean, Pogba might Pogba won't play, will he? He'll nah, come on as a sub, I bet. Yeah, yeah, they might give him a few minutes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, depends how fit he is. I don't know how much preseason he's had. He's had zero preseason, but he's done a lot of fitness training based yeah. on his Instagram, as Jose said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also spent a lot of time in the pool based on his Instagram <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, right. Well. There you go. So he's not he's not ready. Have you seen Patrice Everett's Instagram? He's just going around the world reviewing jacuzzis. <laughs> I mean, it's a good it's a good hobby to have. It's great. It's great. Just him in the back in a, in a boat on a boat in a jacuzzi, laughing. That's like like what Everett's doing this summer. Uh, was it Gregory Van der Veel who uh, put on his Instagram footage from his drone, and and it just looks like he's poolside with some you know. Victoria's Secret standard model and it goes up and up and up and it's one of those complexes in Thailand or something, beautiful blue sea private island sort of thing tough life right? It was really good, I liked your tweet about that where you were like oh I've got a drone, (laughs) just just need the rest of it to fit in Um, uh, yeah so um, have Bournemouth bought anyone this summer? I don't think they've bought anyone that I can think of, they might have bought you know, they they haven't made Jonathan Ibe Right. So record oh, signing from Jordan Ibe. Yeah. Yeah, see, I mean, so insignificant, even though he spent £15 million. Pounds. I mean, kind of talented player, but obviously not talented enough to, to make it at Liverpool. No, but it's a great move for him because, you know, if I if I had a son who was a Premier League footballer who was, like, at a massive club and struggling to get in the team and Bournemouth wanted him, I'd be definitely encouraging him to go because I think Eddie Howe has got something special. Yeah, you'd want the release cause in there. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no. Look, so uh, I think you know we'll win one nil, and I think we'll get the goal, and Mourinho will totally Mourinho this because winning is everything on that first day for him. You know, it's a big, it's bigger than normal. Yeah, absolutely, and and like I'm kind of like getting a little bit goosebumps thinking about it. It's like football is really genuinely exciting again in a way that it hasn't been for since Fergie left, and that's. I mean, I'm sure if you scan back through the last two years of podcasts, you'll hear me saying, oh, football's exciting again. But not like this. Not like You're like, Moyes, yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I was never... I, I've got a very staunch record of being absolutely horrified that Man United gave David Moyes the job. But Van Gaal, I was pretty, pretty pumped about right. Van Gaal. So, so. so United basically have just had like a three-year pause. It's been like an alien abduction, right? We're just going to forget these three years. <laughs> they never happened. They no, literally I mean, never happened. Yeah, yeah, it never happened. All that's happened is we've woken up and suddenly we're not in the Champions League and we're £500 million light. <laughs> yeah, but Paul Pogba came back. That's weird. Like, I never expected that. Um, all right, should we do some listener questions before we like uh, finish the main show and then record the Patreon bonus stuff? Let's do it. All right. Um, my very good friends at bifurcated underscore MBM said, do you think Jose will let the lads eat chips off the Community Shield? No. Okay. It might do, though. 
like I don't think he would be banning the non-fat chips in the way that that um, what's his name did. Yeah, Moyes. That's his Pep name, has banned pizza, hasn't he? Isn't that the story? Yeah, isn't that the absolute non-story? <laughs> Pep says that his larger players shouldn't be eating bad food now that the season's about to start. Um, we've had a question from Robert McFarling asking whether City are still better than us. Pro- not better than us, but even with our signings, are they still maybe a little stronger? And you were sort of saying that maybe... The maybe just. Yeah, okay. Um, is Pogba allowed to be called one of our own? Asks Ben Hendrickson. And what should he have shaved into his hair to commemorate his return? I reckon that he should have um, the Stone Roses lemon that they've been... Is it a lemon they've been using for their publicity recently? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so, so if Jose drops all the kids, yeah, and Pogba's playing, does does it still count as a three hundred, six hundred, seventy, three thousand six hundred seventy fourth game with an academy player? Yeah, of course, because he came through United's academy. I mean, that's that is the rule about that record. Like, it doesn't matter what's the. You know, at one point I thought it might have to be. Does the assistant manager count? It's like Moore's law. You know, they've they've obliterated the real law every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, who's the best signing in this window? Asks at Hader underscore S23. Mkhitaryan, Zlatan, Bay, Pogba or Duncan Castles? <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I just think of the cognitive dissonance going on in the Castles household. You know, he loves Mourinho and hates United. What, what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the answer seriously, though, is Paul Pogba. Like, Duncan Castles is fine, but it's Paul Pogba. Look, there's time for joking and there's time for not joking. It's Paul Pogba. Um, at Joshua Graham ninety three says, uh, when I MC the live event of, for the Rankcast, can I plug my Twitter? Yes, Josh, you can plug your Twitter. Is he MCing? Is he? Let's just say yes, because I think he thinks he is. What What are we doing for this live event then? I mean, we're not doing a live show. We're doing a get together. Yeah, we're going to do. Awate's going to get on the deck. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, we might be able to persuade him to. We might be able to persuade Awate to get on the mic. That'd be really. That's good. more like it. Um, so I, I, we don't know yet, but we're going to do something in London, something in Manchester. If you want to come to a, a meet-up, which will, it's not going to be a live show, but we'll both be there, Tom will be there, and Rankcast listeners will be there for a kind of evening fun times, um, Like message me on Twitter at UTD Rankcast, um, or, well, yeah, message me so I've got an idea of numbers, um, and I'll, I'll put a few tweets about this, because we're in the early planning stages. I mean, literally... There's no way we were thinking we'd be organising this event by now um, when we put the Patreon live less than a week ago and now we've already... I don't know, if, did I mention this at the beginning of the show? We've smashed our top level. So we are podcast all this season. We've promised the people, podcast all next season too. We're doing at least two seasons of Jose Mourinho. See, now we're taking away the incentives. <laughs> I, yeah, the incentive now is just like, check out the Patreon Look at our um, look at what stuff you can get. I mean, I, I I joked about you being you know Donald Trump esque because of your your rampant capitalism, but you know it, maybe maybe we're just not going to deliver any of this, and it will be really Donald Trump esque. It'll be Trump University. No way, man! Meets we've, the rankers. We've already delivered. I've already we've already had a guest on this show. We've done bonus content one week. We'll do bonus content this week. This is it's happening. Wow! And good I, stuff. I've, I've been researching mugs. Um, we've got loads of questions about what we're going to do about Rooney, and I think nobody knows. Like nobody knows, he, he's he's obviously not going this window, is he? So he's going to play a lot of games, be really frustrating and bad, and eventually get dropped. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Um, uh, at 
At the false number nine, Tarek, who writes for United Rant, says, could there possibly be a Rantcast Christmas single here <laughs> if all goes well? No. Just buy come on your reds. Give, put a few quid in Lee Sharp and status quo's pockets. Uh, is Mkhitaryan's lack of pre-season a cause for concern? Asks uh, David at David. Yeah, he had a pre-season. I mean... He's had it, four games with United. Uh, five, five, no, and he didn't play today. Four, well, he, he got... 90 seconds today. This is the thing, because he's been at United for the full pre-season, but he played half against Wigan, I think not more than half against Dortmund. No, he played a bit longer against Dortmund, about 70 minutes against Dortmund. Didn't play much against uh, Everton, and then hardly played at all today. So. Yeah, but they're all a bit undercooked. Yeah, that's true. So everyone's pre-season is kind of a concern. Um, making the money is more important than getting ready for the season. Uh, lots of lots of uh, questions about um, matter and that matter substitution, which I think is a non-story. It is a non-story, but you know, I'd, I'd like to have seen someone say, "So, Jose, you're bidding matter." <laughs> Sorry, I didn't do that. Uh, it's not my mo though. Um, at Machine Gun says, "With Zlatan and now Pogba, do you believe, as I do, that no weapon formed shall prosper against United?" Maybe it could. It could be the case that we've become a. a Collection of unstoppable superheroes, and at Tom's all says Eric Bailly looks good, doesn't he? And I'm he a does. little bit worried about Matteo Damian's start to his Manchester United career. I've got that looming over me as I think about Eric Bailly. I, I think Bailly will will be saying quite a lot of, "Oh, he looks very nice on the ball, doesn't he? Great physical presence. <sighs> bit risky sometimes." Yeah, I think we'll be saying quite a lot of that. Yeah. But he's 22. Yeah. I, it, it's one of those players that, once again, it's just a shame that Peak Rio Ferdinand isn't playing alongside him because I, I just think that about all young defenders, though, isn't it? A shame they haven't got Peak Rio Ferdinand again alongside him. Yeah, Rio Ferdinand has kind of morphed into George Michael. Oh, yeah. Perfectly manicured stubble. Yeah. Perfect. Every single one of them is four millimetres, not a millimetre longer, not a millimetre less. It's perfectly... The line of the beard is perfectly trimmed. Yeah. I'm looking at yours. You've kind of got, like, a, just a slightly rougher version of that same look going on. No, I'm more Park Tramp beard. <laughs> no way, no way. There's, there's some... Definitely, like, people go, oh, designer stubble, definitely designer stubble. Um... So I guess that's it for the show. We, we that is. You predict a 1-0 win over Bournemouth. 1-0 win over Bournemouth, second in the league. Those are my two predictions. 2-1 um, and we're going to win the league. That's my Come on. I mean, you know, I don't, like, I'm not massively emotionally invested in that prediction, but it isn't just, as I've done many times in the past, ridiculous optimism. I, I think it's perfectly reasonable to think United could win the league. Very good. Well, that's the show... This week. Yep. Uh, if you're a Patreon backer at a $5 or above level, there'll be a bit more show for you uh, coming up in a minute. Um, but everyone else, we will be back next week. See you then.